back to the Very Hairy Podcast. I am your reader, Talon, and today we have a very special guest, Harry Hopper. Say hi. Say hi. <laughs> okay, well, let's get reading. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets by J.K. Rowling. Read to you by Talon. Chapter 9, The Writing on the Wall. What's going going on? What's going on? Attracted, no doubt, by Malfoy's shout, Argus Filch came shouldering his way through the crowd. Then he saw Mrs. Norris and fell back, clutching his face in horror. My cat! My cat! What's happened to Mrs. Norris? He shrieked, and his eyes popping, and his eyes popping, and his popping eyes fell on Harry. You, he screeched, you, you've murdered my cat, you've killed her, I'll kill you, I'll... Argus? Professor Dumbledore had arrived on the scene, followed by a number of other teachers. In seconds, he had swept past Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and detached Mrs. Norris from the torch bracket. Come with me, Argus, he said to Filch. You too, Mr. Potter, Mr. Weasley, Miss Granger. Lockhart stepped forward eagerly. My office is near, said Master. Just upstairs. Please feel free. Thank you, Gulliver, said Dumbledore. The silent crowd parted to to let them pass. Lockhart, looking excited and important, hurried after Dumbledore. So did Professor McGonagall and Snape. As they entered Lockhart's darkened office, there was a flurry of movement across the walls. Harry saw several of Lockhart's pictures dodging out of sight, their hair in rollers. The real Lockhart lit the candles on his desk and stood back. Dumbledore lay Mrs. Norris on the polished surface and began to examine her. Harry, Ron, and Hermione exchanged tense looks and sank into the chairs outside the pool of candlelight. Watching. The tip of Dumbledore's long, crooked nose was barely an inch from Mrs. Norris's fur. He was looking at her closely through his half-moon spectacles, his long fingers gently prodding and poking. Professor McGonagall bent almost almost as close. Her eyes narrowed. Snape loomed behind them, half in shadow, wearing a most peculiar expression. It was as though he was trying hard not to smile. And Lockhart was hovering around all of them, making making suggestions. It was definitely a curse that killed her. Probably transmorphigan torture. I've seen it used many times. So unlucky I wasn't there. I know the very counter-curse that would have saved her. Lockhart's comments were punctuated by Filch's dry, racking sobs. He was slumped in a chair by the desk. Unable to look at Mrs. Norris, his face in his hands. Much as he detested Filch, Harry couldn't help feeling a bit sorry for him. Though not nearly as sorry as he felt for himself. If Dumbledore believed Filch, if Dumbledore believed Filch, he would be expelled for sure. Dumbledore was now muttering strange words under his breath and tapping Mrs. Norris with his wand, but nothing happened. She continued to look as though she... She had been recently stuffed. I remember something happening, something very similar happening in 
Awagwagogo said Lockhart. A series of attacks. The full stories in my autobiography. The full stories in my autobiography. I was able to provide the town folk with various amulets, which cleared the matter up at once. The photograph of Lockhart on the walls was nodding in agreement as he talked. One of them had forgotten to remove his hairnet. At last, Dumbledore straightened up. She's not dead, Argus, he said softly. Lockhart stopped ab abruptly in the middle of counting the number of murders he had prevented. Not dead, choked Filch, looking through his fingers at Mrs. Norris. But why? But why is she all... But why is she all... All stiff and frozen? She has been petrified, said Dumbledore. Ah, I thought so, said Lockhart. But how? I cannot say. Ask him, shrieked Filch, turning his blotched and tear-stained face to Harry. No second year could have done this, said Dumbledore firmly. It would take dark magic of the most advanced. He did it! He did it! Filch spat, his pouchy face purpling. You saw what he wrote on the wall? He found... He found in my office. He knows I'm a... I'm a... Filch's face worked horribly. He knows I'm a squid. He finished. I never touched Mrs. Norris. Harry said loudly, loudly, uncomfortably aware of everybody looking at him. Including all Lockhart's on, on the walls. I don't... And I don't even know what a squib is. Rubbish! snarled Filch. He saw my quickspell letter. If I might speak, headmaster, said Snape from the shadows, and Harry's tense of forbidding, of forbidding increased. He was sure nothing Snape had to say was going to do him any good. Potter and his friends might have simply been in the wrong place at the wrong time. He said, a slight sneer curling curling his mouth as though he doubted it. But we do have a set of suspicious circumstances. Why was he in the upstairs corridor at all? Why wasn't he at the Halloween feast? Harry, Ron, and Hermione had all launched into an explanation about the death day party. There were hundreds of ghosts. There were hundreds of ghosts. They'll tell you where we, we were there. But why not join the feast afterward? Said Snape, his black eyes glittering in the candlelight. Why go up to that corridor? Ron and Hermione looked at Harry. Because... Because... Harry said, his heart thumping very fast. Something told him it would, it would sound very far-fetched if he told them he had been led there by a bodiless voice no one could hear. Because we wanted... Because we were tired and wanted to go to bed, he said. Without any supper, said Snape, a triumphant smile flickering across his gaunt face. I didn't think ghosts provided food fit for living people at their parties. We weren't hungry, said Ron loudly, as his, st as his stomach gave a huge rumble. Snape's nasty smile widened. I suggest, Headmaster, that Potter is not being entirely truthful, he said. It might be a good idea if 
he were deprived of certain privileges until he is ready to tell us the whole story. I personally feel he should be taken off the Gryffindor Quidditch team until he, until he is ready to be honest. Really, Severus, said Professor McGonagall sharply. I see no reason to stop the boy playing Quidditch. This cat wasn't hit over the head with a broomstick. There is no evidence at all that Potter has done anything wrong. Dumbledore was giving Harry a searching look. His twinkling light blue gaze made Harry feel like as though he was being x-rayed. Innocent until proving guilty, Severus, he said firmly. Snape looked furious, and so did Filch. My cat has been petrified, he shrieked, his eyes popping. I want to see some punishment. We will be able to cure her, Argus, said Dumbledore patiently. Professor Sprout has recently managed to produce... To procure some mandrakes. As soon as they reach their full size, I will have a potion made that will revive Mrs. Norris. I'll make it, Blackheart butted in. I must have done a hundred I must have done it a hundred times. I could whip up a mandrake resorative draught in my sleep. Excuse me, said Snape icily, but I believe I am the potions master at this school. There was a very awkward pause. You may go. You may go, said Dumbledore said to Harry, Ron, and Hermione. They went as quickly as they could without actually running. When they were a floor up from, Dumb from Lockhart's office, they turned into an empty classroom and closed the door quietly behind them. Harry squinted at his friend's darkened faces. Do you think I should have told him about the voice I heard? No, said Ron without hesitation. Hearing voices no one else can hear isn't a good sign, even in the wizarding world. Something in Ron's voice made Harry ask, You do believe me, don't you? Of course I do, said Ron quickly. But you must admit, but you must admit, it's weird. I know it's weird, said Harry. The whole thing's weird. What happened about... What was that thing... What was that writing on the wall about? The chamber has been opened. What's that supposed to mean? You know, it rings sort of a... It rings a sort of bell, said Ron slowly. I think someone told me a story about the ch about a secret chamber at Hogwarts once. Might have been Bill. And what on earth is a squib? said Harry. To his surprise, Ron stifled a snigger. Well, it's... It's not funny, really. But as it's Filch, he said. A squib is someone who is born into a wizarding family, but hasn't got any magic powers. Kind of the opposite of muggle-born wizards. Kind of the opposite of muggle-born wizards. But squibs are quite unusual. If Filch trying to learn magic from a quick spell course, I reckon he must be a squib. It would explain a lot, like why he hates students so much. Ron gave a satisfied smile. He's bitter. The clock chimed. A clock chimed somewhere. Midnight, said Harry. We'd better get to bed before Snape comes along and tries to frame us for something else. A few days. For a few days, the school could, could talk of little else than the attack on Mrs. Norris. Filch kept it fresh in everyone's minds by pacing the spot where she had been attacked, as though it had as though the attacker might come back. 
Harry had seen him scrub had seen him scrubbing the message on the wall with Mrs. Scow with Mrs. Scour's all-purpose magical mess remover, but to no effect. The words still gleamed as brightly as ever on the stone. When Filch wasn't guarding the scene of the crime, he was sulking red-eyed through the corridors, lunging out at, un un bleh, at unsuspecting students and trying to put them into tension for things like breathing loudly and looking happy. Jenny Weasley seemed to be very disturbed by Mrs. Norris's fate. According to Ron, she was a great cat lover. You, you haven't really got to know Mrs. Norris, Ron told her bracingly. Honestly, we're much better. We're much better off without her. Jenny's lips trembled. Stuff like this doesn't usually happen at Hogwarts. It doesn't often happen at Hogwarts. Ron, assur Ron assur assured her. They'll catch that maniac. They'll catch the maniac who did it and have them and have him out and have him out of here in no time. I just hope he's got time to petrify Filch before he's expelled. I'm only joking, Ron added hastily as Ginny blanched. The attack had also had had also had an effect on Hermione. It was quite usual for Hermione to spend a lot of time reading, but now she was doing almost nothing else. Nor could Harry and Ron get much response from her when they asked when they asked what she was up to. Not until the following Wednesday, when they did find out. Harry had been held back in potions, where Snape made him stay behind to scrape tub, tub worms off the desk. After a hurried lunch, he went upstairs to meet Ron in the library, and saw just and saw Justin Finch Fletchy, the Hufflepuff boy from Herbology, come toward him. Harry had just opened his mouth to say hello when Justin caught sight of him and turned abruptly, abruptly and sped off in the opposite direction. Harry found Ron in the back of the library, measuring his, measuring his, his history of magic homework. Professor Binns had asked them for three-foot-long composition on the medieval assembly of European wizards. I don't believe it. I'm still eight inches short, said Ron, furiously letting go of his parchment, parchment which sprang back into a roll. And Hermione, and Hermione's done four feet. And Hermione's done four feet, seven inches, and her writing's tiny. Where is she? asked Harry, grabbing the tape measure and unrolling his own homework. Somewhere over there, said Ron, pointing along the shelves. Looking for another book, she's, I think she's trying to read the whole library before Christmas. Harry told Ron about Justin Finch Fletchy running away from him. Don't know why you care. I thought, I thought he was a bit of an idiot, said Ron, scri scribbling away, making his writing as large as possible. All that junk about Lockhart being so great. Hermione emerged from between from between the bookshelves. She looked irritable and at last seemed ready to talk to them. All the copies of Hogwarts of History have been taken out, she said, sitting down next to Harry and Ron. There's a two week waiting list. I wish I haven't I hadn't left my copy at home. But I couldn't fit it in my trunk with all the Lockhart books. Why do you want it? Said Harry. The same reason everyone else wants it, said Hermione. To read up on the legend of the Chamber of Secrets. 
What's that? said Harry quickly. That's just it. I can't remember, said Hermione, biting her lip. And I can't and I can't find the story anywhere else. Hermione, let me read your composition, said Ron, desperately looking at his watch. No, I won't, said Hermione, suddenly severe. You've had ten days to finish it. I only need another two inches. Come on. The bell rang. Ron and Hermione led the way led the way to History of Magic, bickering. History of Magic was the dullest subject on their schedule. Professor Binns, who taught who taught it, Professor Binns, who taught it, was the only ghost teacher. And the most exciting and the most exciting thing that ever happened in his classes is what was when he entered the room through the blackboard. Ancient and shriveled, many people said he did he hadn't noticed he was dead. He had simply gotten up to teach one day and left his body behind him in an armchair in front of the staff room fire. His routine his routine had not varied in the slightest sense. Today was as boring as ever. Professor Benz opened his notes and began to read and began to read it in a flat drone, like an old vacuum cleaner, until nearly everyone in the class was in a deep stupor, occasionally coming to a long coming too long enough to copy down a name or a date, then falling asleep again. He had been speaking for half an hour when something happened that never happened before. Hermione put her Hermione put up her hand. Professor Binns glancing up at the middle of the deadly dull glancing up in the middle of a deadly dull lecture on the International War Warlock Convention of twelve of twelve ninety eight looked amazed. Miss er Granger Professor Granger Professor, I was wondering if you could tell us anything about the Chamber of Secrets, said Hermione in a clear voice. Dean Thomas, who had been sitting with his mouth hanging open, gazing out of the window, jerked out of his trance. Lavender Brown's head came up off her arms, and Neville Longbottom's elbow slipped off his desk. Professor Binns blinked. My subject is history of magic, he said in his dry, wheezy voice. I deal with the facts, Miss Granger, not myths and legends. He cleared his throat with a small noise, like a chalk snapping, and continued. In September of that year, in September of that year, a subcommittee of sander and sorcerers, he, started, he stuttered to a halt. Hermione's hand was waving in the hair again. Miss Grant, please, sir, don't legends always have a have a basis in facts? Professor Binns was looking at her in such amazement. Harry was sure no student had ever interrupted him before, alive or dead. Well, said Professor Binns slowly, yes, one could argue that, I suppose. He peered at Hermione as though he had never seen a student properly before. However, the legend of which you speak is such a very sensational is a very sensational sensational and even ludicrous tale the whole class was now hanging on professor Ben's every word he looked dimly at them all his face every face turned to his harry could tell he was completely thrown by such an was completely thrown by an unusual show of interest
Oh, very well, he said slowly. Let me see. The Chamber of Secrets. You know, of course, that Hogwarts was founded over a thousand years ago. But the precise date is uncertain. But four of the greatest witches and wizards of the age... But by four... The precise date is uncertain. By the four greatest witches and wizards of the age... The four schoolhouses are named after them. Godric Gryffindor, Helga Hufflepuff, Rowena Ravenclaw, and Salazar Slytherin. They built this castle together. Far from prank, far from prying muggle eyes, for it was an age when magic was feared by common people, and witches and wizards suffered much persecution. He paused, gazed blearly around the room, and continued. For a few years, the founders worked in harmony together, seeking out the youngsters who showed signs of magic and bringing them to the castle to be educated. But the disagreements sprang up between them. A rift began to grow between Slytherin and, and the others. Slytherin wished to be more selective about the, about the students, admitted to, Hog, admitted to Hogwarts. He believes that magical that magical learning should be kept within the all magic family. He disliked talking, taking students of Muggle parentage, believing them to be untrust, untrustworthy. After a while, there were there was a serious argument on the subject between Slytherin and Gryffindor, and Slytherin left the school. Professor Binns paused again, pursed his lips, looking looking like a wrinkled old tortoise. Relata Reliable historical sources tell us this much, he said. But these honest facts have been obscured by the fanciful, le the fanciful legend of the Chamber of Secrets. The story goes that Slytherin had built a hidden chamber in the castle, of which the other founders knew nothing. Slytherin, Slytherin, according to legend, sealed the Chamber of Secrets so that none would be able to open it until his own true heir arrived at the school. The heir alone would be able to unseal the Chamber of Secrets, unleash the horror within, and use it to purge the school of all who were unworthy to study magic. There was silence as he finished telling the story, but he wasn't... But wasn't the usual sleepy silence that filled Professor Ben's classes. There was an there was an unease in the air as everyone continued to watch him, hoping for more. Professor Benz looked faintly annoyed. The whole thing is nonsense nonsense, of course, he said. Naturally the school has been searched for evidence of such a chamber many times. But the legend but the learned witches and wizards it by the most learned witches and wizards, does not exist. A tale told to frighten the gullible. Hermione's hand was back in the air. Sir, what exactly do you mean by the horror within the chamber? That is believed to be some sort of monster, which the heir of Slytherin alone can control, said Professor Brins in his dry, reedy voice. The class exchanged nervous looks. I can tell you the thing does not exist, said Professor Baines, shuffling his notes. There's no chamber and no monster. But sir, said Seamus Minigan, the chamber, the chamber can only be opened 
by this by Slytherin's true heir, no one else would be able to find it, would they? Nonsense, nonsense of flattery," said Professor Binns in an aggravated tone. "If a long, if a long." succession of Hogwarts headmasters and headmistresses wouldn't have found the thing. But Professor, piped up Pervert Yucatil, you probably, you probably have to use dark magic to open it. Just because a wizard doesn't use dark magic doesn't mean he can't, Miss Pennyfeather, snapped Professor Benz. I repeat, if the likes of Dumbledore Maybe you've got to be related to Slytherin, so Dumbledore couldn't, said Dean Thomas. But Professor Binns had had enough. That will do, he said, he said sharply. It is a myth. It does not exist. There is not a shred of evidence that Slytherin ever built so much as a secret broom cupboard. I regret, I regret telling you such a foolish story. We, we will return, if you please, to, to history. To a solid, believable, to solid, believable, verifiable fact. And within five minutes, the class had sunk back into its usual torpor. I always knew Salazar said Slytherin was a twisty old loony. Ron told Harry and Hermione as they fought their way through the teeming corridors at the end of the lesson to drop off their bags before dinner. But I never knew he started all this pure blood stuff. I wouldn't be in his house if you paid me. Honestly, if the sword, if the sorting hat had tried to put me in Slytherin, I'd, I'd have gotten on the train straight back home. Hermione nodded, nodded. Hermione nodded fevertly. But Harry didn't say anything. His stomach had just dropped unpleasant, unpleasantly. Harry had never told Ron and Hermione that. The, that the sorting hat had seriously considered putting him in Slytherin. He couldn't remember as he could remember it as though it was yesterday. The small voice telling him, the small voice that had spoken to into his ear when he had when he'd placed the hat on his head the year before. You could be great, you know. It's all here in your head. The Slytherin would keep you on the way to greatness. No doubt about that. But Harry, who had already heard of Slytherin House reputation for turning out dark wizards, had thought desperately, not Slytherin. And the hat had said, Oh, well, if you're sure, better be Gryffindor. As they were, as they were shunted along the Along the throng, Colin Creevy went past. Hiya, Harry. Hello, Colin. Said Harry automatically. Harry, Harry. A boy in my class has been saying you're... But Colin was so small he couldn't fight against the tide of people bearing him towards the great hall. They heard him squeak. See ya, Harry. And he was gone. What's a boy in his class saying about you? Said Hermione. Hermione wondered. And I'm Slytherin's heir, I expect," said Harry, his stomach dropping another inch or so, as he suddenly remembered the way Justin Finch Fletcher had run away from him from him at lunchtime. 
People here, people here will believe anything," said Ron in disgust. The crowd thinned as they were able to climb the next staircase without difficulty. Do you really think there's a chamber of secrets? Ron asked Hermione. I don't know, she said, frowning. Dumbledore doesn't, couldn't cure Mrs. Norris, and that makes me think that whatever attacked her might not be, well, human. As she spoke, they turned the corner and found themselves at the end of the very corridor where the attack ha had happened. They stopped and looked. The scene, the scene was just as it had been that night, except there was no stiffed cat hanging from the torch bracket, and the empty chair stood against the wall bearing the and an empty chair stood against the wall bearing the message the Chamber of Secrets has been opened. That's where Filch has been kept keeping guard, Ron muttered. They looked at each other. The corridor was deserted. Can't hurt to have a poke around, said Harry, dropping his bag and getting to his onto his hands and knees so that he could crawl along the searching searching for clues. Scorch marks, he said. Here and here. Come look at this, said Hermione. This is funny. Harry got up and crossed to the window next to the message on the wall. Hermione was pointing at the, tampo at the Tom Post pane, where around 20 spiders were scuttling, were scuttling, apparently fighting to get through the small crack. A long, silvery thread was dangling like a rope, as though they had all climbed, as though they had all climbed, as though they had all climbed it in their hurry to get outside. Have you ever seen spiders act like that? Said Hermione, said Hermione, wonderingly. No, said Harry. Have you, have you run? Ron? He looked over his shoulder. Ron was standing well back and seemed to be fighting the impulse to run. What's up? Said Harry. I don't like spiders, said Ron tensely. I never knew that, said Hermione, looking at Ron in surprise. You've used spiders and potions loads of times. I don't mind them dead, said Ron, who is carefully looking anywhere but the window. I just don't like the way they move. Hermione giggled. It's not funny, said Ron fiercely. If you must know, when I was three, Fred turned my teddy bear into a big, into a great big filthy spider because I broke his toy broomstick. You wouldn't like it... You wouldn't like them either if you hadn't been, if you had been holding your bear, and suddenly it had too many legs, and he broke off, shuddering. Hermione was obviously still trying not to laugh, feeling as though they'd better get off the subject. Harry said, "Remember all that water on the floor? Where did that come from? Someone's mopped it up." It was about here," said Ron, recovering himself to walk a few. Paces past Filch's chair and pointing, level with this door. He reached for the brass door He reached for the brass doorknob and suddenly withdrew his hand as though it had been burned. What's the matter? said Harry. Can't go in there, said Ron gruffly. It's the girls' toilet. Oh, Ron, there won't be anyone in there, said Hermione, sitting up and coming over. That's Moaning Myrtle's place. Come on, let's have a look. 
and ignoring the large out-of-order sign, she opened the door. It was the gloomiest, most depressing bathroom Harry had ever set foot in. Under a large, cracked and spotted mirror were a row of chipped sinks. The floor was damp, was damp and reflected the dull light given off by the stubs of few candles, burning low in their holder, burning low in their holders. The wooden doors to the stalls were flaking and scratched. One of them was dangling off its hinges. Hermione put her fingers to her lips and set off towards the end of the stall. When she reached it, she said, Hello, Myrtle. How are you? Harry and Ron went to look. Uh, went to look. Moaning Myrtle was floating above the tank of the toilet, picking a spot on her chin. This is the girls' bathroom, she said, eyeing Ron and Harry suspiciously. They're not girls. No, Hermione agreed. I just wanted to show them how er, nice it is in here. She waved vaguely at the dirty old mirror and the damp floor. Ask her if she saw anything. Ask her if she saw anything. Harry mouthed at Hermione. What are you whispering? Said Myrtle, said Myrtle, staring at him. Nothing, said Harry quickly. Just wanted to ask. I wish people would stop talking behind my back, said Myrtle, in a voice choked with, cheer, with tears. I do have feelings, you know, even if I am dead. Myrtle, no one wants to upset you, said Hermione. Harry only... No one wants to upset me. That's a good one, howled Myrtle. My life was nothing but misery at this place, and now people come along ruining my death. We wanted to ask you if you've seen anything funny lately, said Hermione quickly, because a cat was attacked right outside your front door on Halloween. Did you see anyone near here that night? said Harry. I wasn't paying attention, said Myrtle dramatically. Peeves made me... Peeves upset me so much that I came in here and tried to kill myself. Then, of course, I remembered that I'm... That I'm already dead, said Ron, hopefully. Myrtle gave a tragic sob, rose up in the air, turned over, and dived headfirst in the toilet, splashing water all over them and vanishing from sight. Although, from the direction of her muffled sobs, she had come to rest somewhere in the U-Bend. Harry and Ron stood with their mouths open, but Hermione shrugged wearily and said, Honestly, that was almost, that was almost, that was almost cheerful. Ugh. Honestly, that was almost cheerful, cheerful for Myrtle. Come on, let's go. Harry had barely closed the door on Myrtle's gurgling sobs when a loud voice, when a loud voice made all three of them jump. Ron! Percy Weasley had stopped dead at the head of the stairs. Prefect badge a gleam, an expression of complete shock on his face. That's the girls' bathroom, he gasped. What were you? Just having a look around, Ron shrugged. Clues, you know. Percy swelled in a manner in a manner that reminded Harry forcefully of Mrs. Weasley. Get away from there. Percy said, striding towards them and starting to bustle them along, flapping his arms. I don't care what this looks like. Coming back here while everyone's at dinner. Why shouldn't we be here? Said Ron hotly, coming back short, glaring at Percy. Listen, we never laid a finger on that cat. That's what I told Ginny. 
said Percy fiercely. But she still seems to think you're going to be expelled. I've never seen her so upset, crying her eyes out. You might think of her all the first you might think of her all the first years all the first years are thoroughly, thoroughly overexcited by this business. You don't care about Jenny, said Ron, whose ears were now reddening. You're just worried I'm gonna mess up your chances of being head boy. Five points from Gryffindor, Percy said tirelessly, fingering his prefix badge. Fingering his prefects badge. I hope it teaches you a lesson. No more detective work or I'll write to mom. And he strode off, the back of his neck as red as Ron's ears. Harry, Ron, and Hermione chose seats as far as possible from Percy in the common room that night. Ron was still very bad in a very bad temper and kept blotting his charms homework. When he reached absently, absent-mindedly, absently for his wand to remove the smudges, it ignited the parchment. It ignited the parchment, almost as much as, um, fuming almost as much as his homework. Ron slammed standard book of spells very two shut. To Harry's surprise, Hermione followed suit. Who can it be, though? She said in a quiet voice, as though continuing conversation they had just been having. Who would want to frighten all the squids and muggleborns out of Hogwarts? Let's think, said Ron, in mock, in mock puzzlement. Who here do we know thinks muggleborns are scum? He looked at Hermione. Hermione looked back, unconvinced. If you're talking about Malfoy, of course I am, said Ron. You heard him. You'll be next, mudbloods. Come on, you've got. Come on. You've only got to look at his foul rat face to know it's him. Malfoy, the heir of Slytherin, said Hermione skeptically. Look at his family, said Harry, closing his book too. The whole lot of them have been in Slytherin. He's always boasting about it. He could easily be Slytherin. They could easily be Slytherin's descendants. His father is definitely evil enough. They couldn't have the key to the Chamber of Secrets for they could have had the key to the Chamber of Secrets for centuries. Handing it down father to son. Well, said Hermione cautiously, I suppose it is possible. But how do we prove it? said Harry darkly. There might be a way, said Hermione slowly, dropping her voice still further with a quick glance across the room at Percy. Of course it would be difficult and dangerous. Very dangerous. We'd be breaking about 50 school rules, I expect. If in a month or so you feel like explaining... If you feel like... If in a month or so you feel like explaining... Will you will you let us know, won't you? You will let us know, won't you? Said Ron irritably. All right, said Hermione coldly. What we need... What we need to do is get inside the Slytherin common room to ask Malfoy a few questions without him realizing it's us. But that's impossible, said Harry said as Ron laughed. No, it's not, said Hermione. All we need is some polyjuice potion. What's that? Said, Hit, said Ron and Harry together. Snape mentioned it in class a few weeks ago. 
Do you think we've got nothing better to do in potions than listen to Snape? Muttered Ron. It transforms you into somebody else. Think about it. We can change into three of the Slytherins. <coughs> we can change into three of the Slytherins. No one would know it was us. Malfoy would probably tell us anything. He's probably boasting about it in the Slytherin common room right now. If only we could hear him. The apology stuff sounds a bit doggy to me, said Ron, frowning. What if we're stuck looking like three of the Slytherins forever? It wears off after a while, said Hermione, waving her hand, waving her hand impatiently. But getting a hold of the recipe might be very difficult. Snape said it was in a book called Moste Mosta Potany Potent Potions. I don't know how to say this. I'm just in a book called <clears throat> Must Musta Potent Potions. It's bound to be in their stick in the restricted se section of the library. There was only one way to get out to get out a book from the restrictions section, you needed a signed note of permission from a teacher. It's hard to see what why we'd need the book. Uh, hard to uh, hard to see why we'd need why we'd want the book really," said Watt, said Ron. "If we aren't gonna try and make one of those potions, just think," said Hermione. "If that if we made." It made it sound as though we were just interested in the theory. We might, we might stand a chance. Oh, come on. No teacher is going to fall for that, said Ron. They'd have to be really thick. This has been the Very Hairy Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Bye. Bye.